Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. For the past 36 years, Shepherd has served its neighbors on the near east side of Indianapolis by providing a range of services and support designed to end generational poverty. My name is Tim Swearens and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States and how each of us can help our neighbors break the cycle of poverty. Today's episode focuses on being a good neighbor and why that's so important for our communities. Jay, we're, we're called to love our neighbors, but what does it mean in America in 2022? And how can we learn to be good neighbors? Well, I think it started on the premise you have to know your neighbors. And according to statistics, 31% of Americans now know the names of their neighbors. So just take a moment and think who lives on each side of you, who lives across the street, who lives behind you, and can you name them? And uh, unfortunately, the vast majority of Americans can't. We don't, we don't live uh, connected to our neighbors, maybe like we did growing up. Something uh, transformational happened, not to the better. Uh, if, if you've ever read any of Robert Putnam's writings mm-hmm. from Harvard, uh, excellent books. He has several. But he, he chronicalizes the change in America. So I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, 240 West Norman, and I lived where all of our neighbors knew us, right? Yes. And my parents knew everyone and let some car drive up the street and all the kids would be out playing and, and the, every mom would come out and look and see. And I was spanked by most, most every mother on that block. And, usually and you it was probably my, deserved it. No, it was my brother's fault. Um, and, and so we, when we went on vacation, it was our neighbors who took care of our house, who let out our dogs, who yes. got our mail. It was those things uh, when, when our neighbor who lived in the little apartment building right next to us was sick, Miss Tremble, you know, mom would fix meals for her mm-hmm. and we'd take it over. And, mm-hmm. and so we lived in this sense of community. You parked in your driveway. You talked to your neighbor when they came home. Uh, you set out on your front porch. And that's a key phrase there, front porch. Yes. But something changed. And I think of when we moved from 240 West Norman to where we moved in in Dayton, 5638 Genie Court. And uh, that's where from about fourth grade on until I got married, I lived. Mm-hmm. But the porch went from the front to the back. Yes. And then you had privacy fence and you had central air. So all the windows were shut. Right. And all of these things, and you had garage door openers. Mm-hmm. You no longer parked in the driveway where you could exchange right. greetings to your neighbors. You pulled in and shut the door and never saw them. And, and that's how we live today. We live behind privacy fences. We live in garage door openers and windows that are shut, where when I grew up, the windows were open all the time. And so you could hear your neighbors and you could talk to your neighbors. That's different today. And, and so I think we've lost some key parts of those connections that it is to be a neighbor. Yes. A Harvard University study in 2021 found that 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults and 51% of mothers of young children, feel serious loneliness. Not just loneliness, but serious loneliness. Why are Americans reporting such a high degree of isolation and loneliness? Well, I think it's been made only worse by COVID, um, but a mass didn't start this trend. Right. Uh, it really was this change in architecture and change in our lives. And, and I think we've lost this whole idea of being neighbors, this neighborliness. And I, you know, I grew up at a time, I'm, I'm 57, where things were different. But 
you know, Jane is my wife, and, and we've been married 34 years. She was telling me just last night about she was out taking the trash out and saw our neighbor lady across the street, and she invited her over and wanted to share pictures from her recent vacation. Yes. And that's what neighbors do. Mm-hmm. She was excited to share with that. Her husband passed away some time mm-hmm. ago, and, 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 and we have to help live life together. We have to not be so busy. I think one of the lessons that speaks to me uh, particularly in ministry, is I don't want to be so busy doing ministry that I don't have time to minister. Yes. And I think that's one of the tragedies we see in the Good Samaritan uh, is that two of those folks were so busy they kept going. Yeah. And I think that we live life so fast. Carlos Whitaker, a, a podcaster and social media guy, a great Christian brother, says, uh, we're living, my, uh, cri- uh, living our Christian life at 70 miles an hour, and Christ lived it at three miles an hour. Yes. So it's a sense of us purposely slowing down, living life like Christ did, and, and being able to talk to our neighbors and take time to do the things that uh, our neighbors want to do. And maybe it's just looking at vacation pictures. Yes. So as, as, you, as you noted, so much of our culture teaches us to stay to ourselves, to mind our own business. How do we get over that uh, so that we can start to connect with, with our neighbors? Well, I think it's purposely getting to know people's names. To not, um, not allow isolation uh, to overtake all of us, uh, but to get out. And at some point, it's to get out of our comfort level. Yes. To, to purposely start that conversation. But it's not just the people on either side of us, before us, behind us. Maybe it's that waiter who's waiting on you at the restaurant. Maybe it's the person at the bank. Maybe it's the grocery store. I know my wife developed a ministry at Walgreens mm-hmm. where she became friends with the clerks that worked there. Being married to me, I'm sick all the time. and Our kids had asthma like me, and so she'd be in the pharmacy a lot. But she got to know them and know mm-hmm. their names. There's something powerful when you talk to someone by name. Yeah. Uh, many years ago in England, there was a uh, video by John Lewis, uh, Man on the Moon, and I highly recommend folks to watch it. It's, it's heartbreaking about the isolation and the loneliness of senior adults. Uh, and it is true in America, but it's an isolation and loneliness that's affecting everyone. In the recent mass shootings by young males, the same thing they say is no one cares about me, no one knows who I am, no one cares. So this whole idea of just being known, there are many folks in America who go months without talking to anyone, and that shouldn't happen. We need to be checking on, waving, talking to, and having uh, conversations where we say, hey, Tim, there's powerful uh, connection that comes when I use your name. Yes. What are some practical ways we can practice being a good neighbor? I think it's simply going over and saying hi to your neighbor and saying, hey, is there anything I can help you with? It's, it's taking those moments of maybe inviting folks over to your house. There's a powerful thing that happens at the dinner table, and hospitality is a great way. It comes from the earliest traditions in the early church, um, but I, 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 I want us to just purposely connect to folks around us I want to live my own life where I'm not so busy doing ministry that I don't have time to minister. To find mm-hmm. those folks today, God, open my eyes that I may see yes. uh, those who are around us. Yes. So one of the major initiatives for Shepherd this year has been something called Reneighboring the Hood. W- w- what is that about? 
Well, we want to bring it back. We want to bring back neighborhood. Uh, we don't live in neighborhoods. We live in houses, mm-hmm. um, and there's no connection. And so when, when the neighbor has a need, we want to help them. Uh, when we find out Miss Mary down the street had open-heart surgery, we want to go and say, what can we bring you a meal? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how it used to be done. And, right. and I think the church has even allowed this to creep in to where we've outsourced compassion to other organizations. And compassion is connecting. And we need to have personal plans on how I'm going to connect, mm-hmm. how I'm going to be uh, watching that. And, and for us, we want to be connecting to our community, doing these cookouts where we go in the neighborhood and just talk, yeah. where we do service opportunities. But it's also when we deliver food to folks and to continue to do those types of activities. So one of the things I love about Shepherd is that the, the people served by the ministry are not referred to as clients or, or something else. They're neighbors. Um, I think that says something about roles and about respect. Um, how did that terminology of neighbors come about, and why is it important? Well, I think it comes from biblical commands, right, that we're to love our neighbors. But this is where, uh, for Jane and I, this is where we live, work, and worship. And many of our, our staff, the same thing. This is where we live, work, and worship. We have neighbors. Uh, clients are, is a little dehumanizing. Yes. It becomes more programmatic. It's what government does. Um, and government has a role. But for the faith community, for the church, and for us individually living out our faith, it is our call, our command, to love our neighbor. And so we want to just live that out and not just as a check off yeah i did that this week but it's it's living in it's calling it's checking on it's doing those types of things jay we're all called to to be good neighbors to love our neighbors would you pray for us now that we might be better neighbors sure father god i just pray you open our eyes that we may see as the good samaritan did to see those around us who are hurting and need connected to who need compassion father may we have the courage to stop uh, and, and there's risk that comes in all of this. Uh, but Father, that Samaritan, he, he had the courage to stop, and then he had the will to act. And may we have the will to act in our communities, in our streets, in our families, in our uh, communities. Father, the world needs connected to you. You called us to do that. May we be connected to you and to others. Thank you for connecting to us in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, Jay. The Shepherd team works hard every day to meet our neighbors' physical, financial, educational, emotional, and spiritual needs. And the team couldn't do that work without your support. To learn how you can help, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening. Love your neighbor.